everyone that agrees with that prayer in this room, shout it, amen, amen. amen. and online type in, amen. amen. Praise, Praise God. God. We are so happy to see you all this morning. We want to welcome you to the eight, or we want to welcome you to our morning edition of our uh, linked up service today. My wife and I believe we have something for you that will be a great blessing to you. Yes, praise God. So if you're here, you're, I mean, well, of course you're here, blah, but we want, you, we want you to know that we're excited to be able to minister to you. So why don't you type in good morning, let us know you're here, let us know where you're watching us from, whether you're local, Marietta, uh, Powder Springs, or whether you're far, New York City, we had some in California, some down in Texas. Uh, so let us know where you're watching us from. We love to hear from you. And if you're a first-time visitor, type in FTV, first-time visitor, first-time viewer, so we'll know. And why don't you reach out to them, those who have been with us for a little while, and let them know, hey, welcome. We love having you with us. Praise God. I want you to know I am so excited today. There's not a time in my lifetime when I would want to live than right now. Folks, there are so many opportunities getting ready to come to the body of Christ. If we are prepared and sensitive and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, your life is getting ready to come out of this so much better oh, yes. than when you went yes. in. Yes, refined gold. And God is so far ahead of this. And, and if we'll spend enough time in prayer, he'll show us the changes, things that we need to do so that we can come out of this the way he desires for us to come out. That's right. If you haven't downloaded our Linked Up Church app, I'd like for you to do so today. You can stay up to date with us or up to breast with us real time. You'll get alerts sent to your phone. Also, it'll send you right to the YouVersion Bible app where all of our notes can be found on today. At the end of this service today, we want to celebrate one of our very important members. So don't leave. Don't go yes, anywhere. Yes. We're going to honor one of our very special members at the end of this yes, service today. Yes, you don't want to miss it. And so my wife and I, we're led to minister on the subject of warning signs today. And so, again, this information, you can find it right there in the Linked Up Church app, YouVersion uh, app. Put your notes in there as well. A lot of good information. It'll be a blessing to you over the next several weeks. Our journey through this series will help us look at signs of warnings foretold throughout Bible prophecy. There's nothing that has ever happened in the earth that God didn't tell us ahead of time that it was going to happen. If it catches us off guard as believers... It's because we were not paying attention. Mm. One-third of, of the Bible is prophecy. Prophecy is history written in advance. It is foretelling, speaking the mind and counsel of God. Bible prophecy shows signs of coming events. So again, if we'll pay attention to the signs, we'll know exactly what's coming. We don't follow the signs. We pay attention to the signs. We must heed these warning signs. There's a call, listen very careful, carefully, for watchmen in a world of mockers and doubters. All throughout Bible history, men and women of God would get up and proclaim and speak forth what thus saith the Lord. And people would scoff at that and laugh at that and doubt that until it actually happened. Are you paying attention today? It's the question that I'm asking you. Will you answer the call? You'll find in the Old Testament there are two types of watchmen in the Bible. And remember, the Old Testament is types and shadows. They're foretelling future events that will come. So watchmen had a role just like we have a role today. And when we read our 
uh, foundation text, you'll see the similarities. The first watchman in the Old Testament was called a natural watchman. The Hebrew word translated watchman means one who looks out, one who spies, or one who watches. You all might recall in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray. Then he told them, so that you enter not into temptation. I believe he was preparing them that had they spent that time in prayer, instead of going to sleep, they probably wouldn't have denied him. They would have had to strip to go through the challenge that they were going through. Peter probably wouldn't have cut off those soldiers' eyes. Ears. Ears. I'm sorry. I said cut off his eyes, right? <laughs> cut off his ears. Thank you, babe. And so sometimes watchmen were scouts who looked out for approaching friends as well as enemies. They would get up on these towers so that they can see their enemy or their friends are far away off. And folks, that's what prayer does for us. If we'll spend enough time in prayer, we can see things a far ways off before they ever get to us. And that God will give us a strategy or a plan so that we don't have to go through it the same way that the world that's right, goes that's through. That's right. That's right. Second Kings, let's look at a scripture to support that. Second Kings, Second Kings 9.17, the New King James Version says, Now a watchman stood on the tower of Jezreel. And he saw the company of Jehu as he came. And he said, I see a company of men. And Joram said, get a horseman and send him to meet him, and then let him say, is it peace? Because the reality is you want to deal with your enemy while they're a long ways off. That's right. That's you don't want to deal with them once they're right on top of you. Then there's a spiritual watchman, letter B. God appointed prophets as spiritual watchmen in the Old Testament. He appointed them over the souls of his people. The prophet's job as a watchman was to urge God's people to live faithfully and then warn them of the perils involved in falling away from the Lord and doing evil. A pastor's job in the New Testament is the same. That's right. It's to warn you so that you don't fall away from God but to also keep you from getting involved in things that you don't have any business getting involved in. Mm, mm. As watchmen, see, we're not gathering today, and there's all kind of stuff that's going to be sold to you. Stick with God and stick with his word. That's right. That's right. As watchmen, the prophets were also called to warn wicked people of the judgment and destruction that would come their way unless they turned from their wicked ways. Ezekiel 33, 7 bears me out on that. And, of course, I can show you many other supporting verses. Ezekiel 33, 7 says, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Wherefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Mm. See, a watchman's job and a spiritual prophet's job was to hear from God and then tell the people what God said, not what he said. That's right. That's right. Tell the people what God wanted, not what the prophet wanted. And God always backed it up. God always backed it up. Pastor's job is to tell you in times like these what God wants. Yes. Not what we want, what God wants. Yes. And if you do what God says, right. you'll come out of this and not a hair on your head will be burned. Your clothes won't even smell like smoke. You won't, no one will ever know that you went through something like this but you, because you'll come out so much greater than That's when right. you went That's in. That's right. That's right. 
Signs are a part of our everyday life. They're all around us. Signs give us direction. They let us know if we're on the right road. Signs give us warning. I want to put a few signs up on the screen today, and I want you to participate. This is a participatory moment in the message today. So get your fingers ready. So get your fingers ready. If you're watching on YouTube, then grab your phone and pull it up on Facebook so you can comment. Or, or just, comment, or just on comment on YouTube. Put one of those signs up there for me. Ah, uh, stops. Oh, oh, it's over here. <laughs> I look back there. All right, I want you to type in for me, what does that sign mean? Just type it in. Of course, it says it right on the sign, right? But something I want you to think about, when you see that sign, you don't get in fear, right? You know that sign is there for your peace, your safety, and your protection. Watch this, as long as you obey it. Now, you can see it and just run right through it, and then you don't know what might hit you on the other side of not obeying that sign. Let me see another sign up there. So everyone should have typed in out of obedience, stop sign. Put another sign up there, right? What does that sign mean right there? Of course, it says it right on the sign. Railroad crossing. Now, if you're smart, that shouldn't produce any fear in you. That shouldn't produce any anxiety in you. That should cause you to get to those railroad signs or those railroad tracks and stop. Now, you can see that sign if you want to and try to out-time the train, right? Try to speed up. Mom, you know, that can bring a lot of calamity in your life. And so if we would just obey the signs, we can live in peace. We can live without fear right. because That's these right. signs are here for our protection. That's right. Everything that we're going to read to you today, these are the things that are coming on the world, not on the church. Jesus said in the world you would have trouble, but in me, You'll have peace, quietness, rest, assurance, and wholeness. Yes. Put another sign up there for me. I don't know if they have one more. Do they have one more? Notice, those are directional signs. Just type in what they mean to you. Go this way or go that way. Now, you can see that sign and say, oh, I wonder what's that way, and the sign is pointing this way. And you might have a head-on collision with traffic that's coming from that way. What is my point in showing you these signs? None of these signs every day, we have to obey the speed limit. We have to obey signs every day, and none of them produce any level of fear or discomfort in us. We know that they're there for our protection and our safety as long as we heed the signs. You know what I thought of when you were talking about those signs, babe, that's so good, is that when we see signs, it alerts us to pay attention. Yeah. Because, you know, you saw a stop sign, you don't just stop and don't go, right? You stop, you pay attention, you look both ways, and then you proceed with caution, right? So when, you, when we see these signs, this, we're going somewhere with this, just know that it, number one, puts you in a place of a decision, but number two, it's just a precaution. It lets you know, hey, pay attention before proceeding. That's good. Start looking around at your situation. Yeah. And make sure that you are obeying the signs. Let's look at our foundation text for today. 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'll read verses 7 and 8. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8 says, But the end of all things is at hand. And we're talking about the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you all, I am so excited for his return. 
Yes. I am living every day looking forward to his return. Folks, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. This, this earth is not our home. That's right. We're just passing through. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful. How? In your prayers. Mm. People who are praying right now, you're getting ready to have more opportunities than you'll even know what to deal with. If you're sensitive enough to obey and listen to the voice of the Lord. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Mm. This is not a time for us to get out of love with each other. That's right. This is not a time for us to get into division and fighting. Amen. Body of Christ, listen to me, pastors, ministers. This is not a time to be judging what another pastor is doing with his congregation, whether or not he's in faith or fear. Let that man lead his congregation the way God has led him to lead it. And let's just pray for each other and support each other. This is not a time for the body of Christ to get out of love. That's right. That's right. So we've got several signs, warning signs. Remember, they're here for our protection, our safety, and our comfort that we want you to pay attention to. She's going to talk about the first one. Yes, number one, warning signs. What do we need to pay attention to? Number one, religion failed to recognize the signs of Jesus' first coming. So be aware of tradition taking place of faith, relationship, and honor. So be aware of religion, take, tradition, taking the place of faith, relationship, and honor. Know and understand that when Jesus was on the earth, there were people there that though they were expecting the Son of God, though they were expecting a return of the kingdom of God, though they were expecting a, a redeemer, when he showed up, they were like, well, who are you? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses four, 1 through 4 in the New King James. It says, Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when, is it, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And when it's morning, you say, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red. And threatening, you hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given it to ex accept the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Basically, he dropped the mic. So what was Jesus saying? Now, mind you, Sadducees and Pharisees, they were on opposite sides of the religious spectrum during that time. Right. They did not like each other, right. but on one topic. The one topic that united them was to come against Jesus. Why? Because Jesus didn't live up to their expectations and their agenda. The, Jesus didn't confirm what they were all about. So when it came to Jesus, they were very united and they joined in attacking him because the truth that Jesus spoke was counteractive to their agenda. Now, he talked about Jonah. You know, when he compared this adulterous generation to Jonah, Jonah being that prophet, for some of you who don't remember uh, or don't know the story, Jonah was the prophet that was called by God to go minister to this, these people in Nineveh. Now, mind you, these people were in Nineveh was a dying and uh, unfaithful and evil generation of people. Wicked generation. Wicked generation he of people. He literally said, I don't want to go talk to them because they don't want to hear you anyway. Exactly, exactly. So he went and hid. Now, mind you, what was going on in Jonah's day was that Jonah thought that he could hide from God. 
And there are plenty of signs already going on. And when he thought he could hide from God, God brought storms and all types of things into uh, his situation and his environment until he obeyed. It says here that those who failed to discern did not recognize the signs of our Lord's first coming. So they ended up crucifying the Messiah. In fact, Scripture says had they known what they were doing, had the enemy really realized what was going on, he would have never crucified Jesus. And I want to put this in there, babe. I want to make sure that you all understand that the, the biggest part of that sign in the prophet Jonah was that Jonah was in the belly of that whale. Yeah, I'm... I'm you going there? Yeah, I'm, I'm going there. <laughs> so what he was saying Helping was that he, he compared... He hadn't yet let it be known, but he said, he's letting them know, hey, if you pay attention to Jonah, that was your sign. That was your indicator. That's good. If you understand what times you're living in, the signs of the times right now, you will know and understand that I'm about to spend three days somewhere that I don't want to be, but I'll be raising up on that third day. Yeah. Just as Jonah spent three days in the belly of the whale, and then when he rose up, he rose up and obeyed God to go to Nineveh. And he ministered to a group of people. Mind you, this is not God's people, but a people that God had compassion on. Yeah. Come on, girl. And, uh, 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 an abandoned people. They were wicked and evil because they never heard of God. And that's all God wanted to do. He says, hey, my compassion is toward them because they didn't have a chance. Yeah. That's the heart of God. So I want to at least give them a chance to get it right. And that's what he did by way of Jesus. He said, hey, there's a heathen generation out there that don't even have a chance because I've been dealing with you Jews, you my people all this time. They're rejecting. And you're rejecting me. So just as the days of Jonah, I'm going to die and be resurrected so that my gospel can be shared to a people that never had a chance. Yeah. In Matthew 16, I done got emotional, Lord. All right. <laughs> All right. It's your passion. And I guess that's where we should be today. Yeah. You know, there's people out there, they might know of God. Yeah. They might believe they're Christian. Yeah. But until you decide to step out and disciple them, yeah. even if it's just by way of a phone call, mm -hmm. you're giving them a chance to know the love of God, yeah. a chance to have eternity in heaven, yeah. to a chance to walk in the fullness of who God created them to be. Yeah. Now, during that time, and just like in today's time, there's, there's a few things going on. See, there's a vast increase in intelligence and education. So people would rather believe than know. There's an increase in seeking after pleasure. So people would rather feel good than to be good. There's an increase in the pressure to business for business and richness. But they'd rather be rich in the world than rich in the things of God. And when we recognize that's what's going on right now, then you pay attention to those signs and make sure that you're sizing yourself up, that you're not buying into the agenda. In fact, it may require you to be just like Jesus, being contrary to the agenda of those that seemingly are in positions of leadership. The Bible gives us many warning signs and signals of the Lord's return. And these signs are markers that show us that we are living in the last days. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 16, 14 and 16. It says, the unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of the Spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. 
silly, they seem like so much uh, silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's spirit is doing, and we can't be judged by unspiritual critics. So you can't get caught up with people who are unspiritual, what they're saying about you, yeah. what they may think about you, when you seem to be still tithing, but though the economic situation is not, not the most desirous right now, and they're looking at you like, what you doing? When you decide to walk by faith and not by sight, you can't get caught up with what the critics are saying. Why are you starting a business in a time like this? Listen, we got so many God testimonies of people that started a business. Right now. Right now. And are prospering. People buying houses right now. Money is cheap right now. Oh, yeah. And then he goes on to say that um, God has everything, access to everything God's Spirit is doing, and we can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit? Anyone who knows what he is doing? has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's spirit. So I want you to type in, hey, I know. Yeah. I know because I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. I have the spirit of God living inside That's of me. That's so good. So that first group, the religious people missed the sign. Even though all the prophets in the Old Testament foretold, foretold. how he would come, where he would be born, right? They still missed it. Yes, and we don't want to be a generation of people that misses his second coming. All right, so that leads us to point number two. Don't miss his second return. Don't miss his second return. They missed his first and missed out on all of what he came to provide for him for them. Don't miss his second return. Whether you believe it or not, Jesus is coming back soon. Yes. We are living in the last days, and I am glad about it. Glory to God. Go with me to Luke chapter 21. Now, remember, these signs are here. All of this is coming on the world, not on the church. These signs are here just to let us know, right, and to provide comfort and peace that his return is closer than when we first believed. In Luke 21, 25, uh, the disciples earlier there, and I'm going to read Matthew's account of that to show that portion, but they asked they ask Jesus, how will we know when you're going to return again? Luke's account of this in verse 21, he says, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and, and on the earth uh, distress. So notice all of this is happening on the earth, not with God's people. And I want to make sure that we pay attention to that. You have nothing to live in fear about. While it is getting darker for the world, for those of us that are in prayer and in the Word of God, it's getting ready to get brighter and brighter and brighter. This is the finest hour for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will rise and do everything that he's called us to do the way he's called us to do it. But begin to pay attention to what's happening in nature. You'll notice it's staying colder, longer than it used to. Mm. It's like we're skipping seasons. It's going right from winter to summer. Right? Just pay attention to all of that because that's going to provide great distress or anxiety of mind. But then watch this, of nations. That word nations, there's ethnos, race and people. So you're going to see a lot of anxiety and a lot of tension between different races, as we're seeing in our world right now, with perplexity. 
That word perplexity means a desperate state of their affairs. They don't know what to do because they don't understand each other and they won't come to the table to have decent conversations to seek to understand. They'd rather live apart and just try to destroy each other. Notice the sea and the waves rowing. So you're going to see tsunamis and huge tidal waves. Verse 26 here, men's hearts failing them for fear. People will prefer to not be alive during times like this uh, with all of the calamity that is coming upon the earth. Notice that's the way the world will live. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people aren't doing that right now. But it will not come near us. That's right. I said it will not come near us. That's right. Thank you. I said it will not come near us. I said a thousand can fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come near us. Notice, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers, dunamis, the miraculous ability of the heavens, will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. The way we would probably say that today is stay woke. Ah. Somebody need to type in right now, I'm woke. I'm woke. So he said, look up and lift up your heads or stay woke because your redemption draws nigh. That's good. Folks, every day that you wake up, we are one day closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. When these things begin to come to pass, we've got to begin to live our life with more intensity, live with more love, more obedience. Our prayer life should increase, right? We should get more involved in our church, more involved with connect groups. We should seek to find out and understand our purpose, which you can do that today. We offer step three today so that you can find out what your purpose is and begin to walk in it. Because as we obey God, God's going to accelerate things in your life. The world will live by addition, but the church will live by multiplication. Oh, that's good. That's if good. we'll obey that's good. God. That's good. That's good. That's good. He's going to accelerate every act of obedience at a level so that the world may know that Jesus is Lord right. and God is still on the throne, folks. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24, and let's read Matthew's account beginning at verse 3. The disciples had just asked that question, verse 3. Now, as he said on the Mount of Olives, Matthew 24, 3 through 8, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be. He's talking about when he'll return. And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to him, take heed that no one deceive you. So he wouldn't tell them to pay attention so that no one deceives you. That word deceives means seduces you. Mm. So pay attention, right? So wait a Stay minute. woke. Wait, Go. so no one seduces you as in tell you things you want to hear. Ah, you, you just spoke to that. Make you feel good. Making you feel good instead of being good. Mm. Appealing to you instead of convicting you. Mm. Telling so, you what you want to hear versus what you need. need to hear. That's how we get seduced. And then we start relaxing our position in the things of faith. That's good. That's so good. And he literally says, take heed or pay attention. Stay woke. So that no one deceives you, and then you go astray. Pay attention if you find yourself praying less right now. Mm. Pay attention if you find yourself 
hanging out with more people that are not saved than people that are saved. It is quite possible that you are being seduced away from God. Mm. Now, notice, this is not there to bring any level of fear. Right. Just for something for us to pay attention to. All right. I feel like I need a group hug right now. Let me get a virtual hug right now. I feel like that went powerfully through the airwaves right there. I love you all. And listen to me. I love you so much that I'm willing to tell you the truth. That's right. And not sugarcoat it. Look what verse 5 goes on to say. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of war, wars. See that you are not troubled, agitated. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For race will rise up against race. And kingdom against kingdom. Pay attention to what's going on in the Middle East right now. Pay attention to what's going on with China and the United States of America. Pay attention to all of it, folks. There are a whole lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of stuff going on right now. All I'm telling you is you don't have to get caught up in theories. Just get caught up in the truth, and you'll surpass all of that. That's good. That's good. I want to read that verse 6 out of the Passion Translation. It says, For you will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side, with more rumors of wars to come. Don't panic and give in to your fears. Watch this. For the breaking apart of the world's system is destined to happen. But it won't yet be the end. It, is, it will still be unfolding. I want to prophesy something to you right now. The world's economy is collapsing. And you cannot put your confidence and your trust in it. I want to take you back to take you forward. There's nothing new under the sun. Back in the 1920s, there was something called the Great Depression. But during that Great Depression, if you know your history, there were more millionaires birthed out of that Great Depression than any other time in the history of this world. Folks, I'm prophesying to you right now that while the economy is crumbling, and things are going down to an all-time low, God is raising up innovators. God is raising up new thinkers. God is raising up entrepreneurs. God is raising up people who are going to think differently and be able to take us from where we were to where he wants this world That's to right. go. That's right. And there will That's be right. more millionaires than there were during the Great Depression that will be birthed out of this season and out of this time. I don't know if you're ready for that, but somebody ought to type in, I receive that. I'm going to get in on that. I remember my son yesterday, he was saying, man, this has just been one, I'm a graduating senior, this has been one of, man, a diff difficult year. I said, yeah, in one sense it has, but also look at it this way. You can also say that you're graduating in a year when something like this has never happened in our lifetime. And you can also be a part of that next wave of innovators and thinkers that see the world differently and bring about change and teach us how to live life on a whole new level. 
Folks, some of you all, when you go back to your jobs, it won't be there. When you go back, things won't be the way that they were. That's not a negative confession. God is catapulting you into a better future and a greater future. God set this all up. He is still in control. The church is going to the next level. This building won't be the same. I'm telling you, we've got an opportunity out in front of us right now that will allow us to do everything that God has called us to do. He's accelerating us, and he's getting us there faster. Had we done it the way we strategized and planned for, it would have took us a lot longer. But I'm telling you, God is getting ready to give Linked Up Church a suddenly. It's getting ready to hit us, and we are going to do what God has called us to do the way he has called us to do. And I declare that there is a suddenly coming to your house, in your thinking, in the way that you used to do things, in your innovation, in your creativity. God will grace you with witty inventions and ideas to help us come out of this better than when we went in. That's Lord. right. That's right. That's right. That Hallelujah. 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 Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, scarcity of food, and hunger. That's what we're seeing right now. Shouldn't be surprised. Only thing that should let us know is the body of Christ. Look up. Stay woke. Because our redemption is drawing nigh. That's right. That's right. He said pestilences. You know what pestilences are? Plagues, diseases, and viruses. COVID-19 is a warning sign, right? It's happening to the world. It's not happening to us. Every virus that touches your body dies in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is still powerful than the COVID-19. The word coronavirus means crown. The devil is trying to put a crown of death on your head. But what did Jesus, when he died on that cross, what did they put on his head? A crown of thorns. When they put that crown of thorns on his head, what came out of it was blood. And that blood was there to deal with every disease and every virus that would ever come on the face of the earth. That's right. Nobody's telling you how to build your immune system. They're just telling you wear a mask, stay six feet away from each other. But what about exercise? Get some sunlight, walk in love, obey the Word of God, keep your immune system strong. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of birth pains is what that means. The beginning of childbirth. The earth is groaning and moaning because it's preparing itself for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. And, you know, and I don't want to escape or minimize the facts. The facts are that there have been Christians that have died as a result, whether it's from this, this disease or something else. But understand this. Scripture tells us that death has no sting. The grave has no victory. So you can't kill us, and we can't be destroyed. If anything, we just lay down this body to be with our Heavenly Father. We don't die. We multiply. We multiply. Amen. Amen. So, you know, the reality is, because I, I, I have some people that I know that passed away, and they labeled it COVID, whatever the case may be. But they're not here with us right now during, as a result of this season. But the reality is... I know where they are. 
and they're in my future and not in my past. They ain't thinking about us, me, or anybody else because they're experiencing the glory of the Heavenly Father. Amen. Number three, number three, there will be a decline in morality, but an increase in violence. There will be a decline in morality, but an increase in violence. Understand this, that right now, we're seeing it. Right now, we're seeing it. Before I get ahead of myself, Matthew chapter 24. We're going to continue where he left off. Matthew 24, verse 16, I'll start. I mean, verse 36 is where I'll start in the New King James. It says, but of that day, this is Jesus speaking, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Having a party. Yes, they were. Hey. <laughs> Verse 39, and did not know until the flood came and took all them away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now know this. Even though Noah was preaching to him every single day. Jesus said that Noah was ministering to them for 100 years. The same message, 100 years. The flood is coming. God is judging the earth. The flood is coming. God is judging the earth. Forget that, Moses. <laughs> Mo Noah don't know what he's talking about. Turn the music back on. Jesus, God is judging the earth. The flood is coming. Sit down somewhere, Noah. God is judging the earth. The flood is coming. Don't sit down somewhere, Noah. You silly. You know that. Till it started raining and until that closed. Until it started raining, mind you, 100 years, he's building the ark, speaking the same message. And I can't help but to believe that he was ridiculed. People probably stole his materials, which is why it took him so long to make it, right? <laughs> they were harassing him, ridiculing him, right? because they did not believe him. The earth was so corrupt before God that he said that I have to, it was so filled with violence, he says, I have to press reset. I have to press reset. And because Noah was good in the face of God, the best that he could find, he said, I'll reset with this family right here. It says here in Matthew chapter, no, let's go back to Genesis. Let's talk about that. Genesis chapter 6 and verses 9 through 12 in the New King James, he says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. You want to be a people that walk with God. We want to be a people that walk with God. It's not enough to have a membership at Linked Up Church or, or whatever church you belong to. It's not enough to have a membership at a church and be on somebody's role. It's not enough to say that I'm a believer. It's not enough to say that I, I, I make your confessions. You have to be somebody that walks with God. That's every day, every night, every morning, every evening, you walk with God. In other words, I know who I am, and I am first and foremost a child of the most high God by way of believing that Jesus is the Lord of my life and he is the master of my soul. I know that my eternity rests in heaven and I know that when I lay this body down, I will be ever present with the Lord. I know that he has given me promises and I, I, I endeavor to walk in the fullness of his promises here on the earth so that I can make it up to heaven. Amen. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 11, and the earth was so corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted, he said all flesh, 
all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Now I want you to think about and listen to what I'm about to say. This is the same era, the same time and generations of the earth that had obtained great intelligence. Now, mind you, you're coming from nothing, the Garden of Eden, and now you have the, so much invention that has gone on, so much intelligence has, that has advanced, so much that has been obtained in this creation called humanity. And God says, hey, but they've gotten corrupt. Sin nature has, showed, has surely manifested himself. So now there's this universal doom that's coming their way. Now there's this general apathy. There's this general apathy amongst the people. Just think about it. Noah is here letting everybody know. Don't, don't think for a moment that the word spread, that there's this dude building this humongous ark, talking the same message for 100 years. I'm sure the whole earth knew about it, but there was still ap apathy. There was still a, a, a rejection of what was going on with the things of God. I got time. I got time. I'm young. I don't know. He don't know what he's talking about because the earth had not seen rain yet. They had not seen rain yet. And the only safety was in the ark. And I want you to type in praise God because now we have Jesus and Jesus is our ark. He suffered on that wood so that we can come into him and, be that, and have that safety and have that refuge. Understand this, that just talking about, let's speed this up to modern day. It says in one of the um, statistics that I was reading, I can't remember, I should have cited it, but you can Google it. Crime was the greatest in America during the, from the 1960s to the 1980s. During that season, from the 60s through the 80s, crime had more than five times advanced since the inception of the country. Just in that time frame, just in that time frame, mind you, we're talking about the civil rights movement. We're talking about Vietnam War. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about the crack generation. We're talking about murders. We're talking about drive-by shootings. We're talking about mass shootings. We're talking about bombings. It had increased so significantly that they said that that was the era of greatest crime. But today, crime went down a little bit. But over the spread of all types of crime, they've created new crimes now. They've labeled new crimes where it's even higher. And it's getting more and more egregious. Now, I know this, that the Bible is full of true statements but it's also full of statements of truth. There's two different types of statements in the Bibles. There's true statements, things that actually happen, mm -hmm. historical statements, mm -hmm. but then there are statements of truth, and those statements of truth bypass time. And this particular passage that we're gonna spend a little bit of time in talks about both. Matthew chapter 10, I just wanna leave you with this before I pass the baton over to Pastor Gregory. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is giving them instructions. He's saying, hey, this is what's about to happen. So here are your assignments and here are your instructions. He's talking to the disciples. He's telling them what they need to do. But this here transcends times. In other words, he's talking to the modern day disciples. He's talking to the modern day followers of God. He's talking to the modern day Christians, those that are in the faith and in the way. So this assignment for, uh, foregoes time, and it exists even today. But listen to what he says. I'm only going to pick out the specific scriptures. All of it applies but I'm going to specifically read exactly what he's saying that's so obvious even in this time. Matthew chapter 10, I'll read at verse 16 and I'll pick up in other verses and I'll let you know as we come along. This is not in your notes, so I want you to type this, record this, write it down in your, uh, uh, so that you can go back and look at it for yourself. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, he says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. 
Yet you therefore, but yet be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Pastor Gregory talked about the love that covers a multitude of sin. This is not the time to get outside of love, even if they are your enemies. He says, be wise as serpents, but still be gentle as doves. Be humble on the hand of God so that he can exalt you in due season. Verse 22, verse 22, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. He says in verse 26, verse 26, fear them not therefore, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed. <laughs> there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. Now, understand this, God's got this. Yeah. God's got you. Yeah. God's got your situation. He, he didn't author this, but he, had, he knew this was coming way before it came. Yeah. And he has a plan and an intended purpose for you to succeed and to thrive. In yes, verse 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall, verse 29, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Verse 30, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered, or the lack thereof. He knows exactly what's going on with you from the very minute de detail. And he says here in verse 31, fear ye not. Now this is the fourth time he says, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. There's nothing to, for you to be concerned about. Just pay attention. That's right. Fear ye not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. And that's ultimately who you want having your back. That's ultimately who you want surrounding you. He has assigned and dispatched angels on your behalf. They go before you, they surround you, and they follow up behind you to make sure that you're protected, to make sure that you're provided for, to make sure that you have peace, to make sure that you have comfort so that you have no need to fear, no need to fear. And he says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him shall I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Let's not ignore the signs that are right in front of us. Be bold in the face of affliction as you recognize these signs and be confident in the God of salvation, of all comfort and of all peace, so that he can continue to be here a great defender. Amen. Join me for a moment. I want everyone watching this broadcast today, I want to pray over your life right now. So wherever you're at, in your living room, your bedroom, I just want you to lift your hands to the Father right now. Just lift them up, and I want to pray over you, and I want to pray over your family, and I want to pray over your life. Lift your hands up right now as an act of obedience. Wherever you're at and wherever you're watching from, lift your hands up. I want to pray over your life. And so, Father, I pray over every person watching this broadcast today, whatever, uh, wherever they're watching it from. Father, you gave us these warning signs to comfort us and to provide peace for us. So my prayer for them right now, Father, is that they're comforted. comforted. Father, they're operating in a supernatural peace that passes all understanding. I pray right now, Father, that they'll spend more time in prayer, spend more time in your word. I pray over their family and over every aspect of their lives that as they're praying and spending more time in your word, you're teaching them how to navigate through times like these. I pray covering over their lives right now. I draw a bloodline around them that Satan cannot befall. And I declare that not one weapon formed against them or their families will prosper. 
I pray that you'll give them witty inventions and new ideas and new innovations, Father. Pray that you'll raise them up, Father. When we come out of this, Father, because it's not, I don't know why people are saying when things return back to normal, it'll never return back to normal. They'll go from glory to glory yes, and yes. from faith to faith. That is my prayer over their lives in Jesus' name. Jesus name. And if you receive that today, Father, just type in amen, say amen in the room today. Just type in amen, and it'll be that way over your life. My wife said something very powerful in that last text that she said. Jesus said that if you'll know me before men, then I'll know you before the Father. But he said, if you'll reject me before men, then I'll reject you before the Father. So if you're sitting out there right now and you were convicted in a different way, this didn't provide comfort or, or peace for you, it convicted you, and it let you know that you need a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's you today. I want to pray with and for you. <clears throat> Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. But that peace where you talked about seducing and people leading me astray and away from God, that's happened to me. I notice I don't pray as much as I used to. I'm not spending time in the Word. Starting to do stuff that I, I used to do, and, and I want to come back to Christ today. I want to rededicate my life. I want to pray for you today. Those two invitations today, I want to pray. Either one of those identify with you. If you would, just lift one hand up in the air right now. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result, of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. My wife and I believe with all of our hearts that somebody prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart. If you'll follow the prompts that are on the screen right now, someone will follow up with you shortly and help you take your next yes. step. Yes. Maybe you want to join Linked Up Church. You can do that also. Just follow that same prompt that's on there, and you can do that. People are joining Linked Up Church virtually all around the world. My wife and I would be happy to serve as your pastors in whatever capacity that we can serve. We want to welcome you to the family of God can't wait to meet you in person if you live here locally. If not, I know at some point you'll make your way here, and we'll look forward to hugging your neck and shaking your hand. Hello, family. Thank you for joining our online service today. I want to invite you to become a part of our online community by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Download the Linked Up Church app. Visit our website to find out everything that's going on here at Linked Up Church. If you desire to help us reach more people just like you, you can do so by clicking the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, to family, to purpose, and community. Thanks again for watching our service on today. We were so excited to have you and see you next time.